What's up, friends? I'm your host, Amanda Smith, and welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast, the show where I chat with inspiring women about business, life's challenges, and building community, because we all need it. If you need a girl gang, this podcast is for you. All right, guys, welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast. First episode of the year. Jill, how are you doing today? Tell us what's going on and like, give us a little bit of your background and what you do. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I know we've talked about being on the show for a little while. Um, I'm so impressed with your podcast, by the way. Um, Podcasts are not easy. So power to you for really. Thank you. It's so much fun, but you're right. It's not easy. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I am the owner of Leshra and Leshra is an event company here in Dallas. We focus on over the top balloon installations, event rentals, anything you need to make your party pop. And we've really blossomed through quarantine as an e-commerce business as well. So um, not only do we do events here in Dallas, but we ship kits throughout the nation to create your very own balloon garland. And we've really tackled on the influencer marketing and really creating um, a a nationwide uh, brand for Lushra. So I love it. And there's your pup. And this is Jack. There's Jack. He's the basically the face of Lushra, and it's really really fun. Uh, (laughs) He's like, I'm in this interview too. Okay, (laughs) he's so cute. Uh, I'm really shocked. My dog is, um, not going crazy. I say that and she's probably going to start crying in like two seconds. Um, so tell us, I mean, a lot of our listeners are either in Texas or not. Honestly, we have tons of listeners that are not in, um, our area. So tell us like how you got started and kind of your background of like starting your own business at such a young age and scaling like you have. Yeah. So I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. My very first business I started out of college was a social media branding company. So I went to small businesses, mainly restaurants and really pitched the idea of if you're not focused on Instagram, you will be a dying business. And that was my first business. It was called stay social Dallas. And we did events and I managed a couple small business, Instagrams, grew them, focus on PR and influencer marketing. Uh, and that's really got my first taste of starting my own business. Um, being in the client facing business though is tough because you get a couple bad clients and you're like, wait, why am I doing all of this for you and your business? Um, so I had a really bad client that pushed me to start Lestra. Lestra first started as an Etsy shop. I was hand etching wine glasses just on the side. Um, and I was really doing stay social Dallas and Lesher at the same time and really, uh, cannot do two startup companies at the same time. I was about to say, um, it was like, for me, like I didn't get a sense of accomplishment because I feel like I was like half doing both things. Like I was like half doing this and half doing that. And it didn't feel like I was fully having one company at all. So I was like, okay, I've got to pick. And then the bad client really pushed me to start Lushra full time. 
which I already was doing like online sales with Lushra. We had the wine glasses and um, I was first starting to do some party products with that as well. But it really wasn't until we started doing balloon insulations that it got. And people kept wanting more just because they were super trendy and new. Um, I mean, was that two years ago? And so that was really like the rebirth. That's when I re-decided that, that, okay, that was Lushra's birthday. Because before it was like a half company. I mean, I started the Etsy store probably in 2014, just doing the wine glasses. Right. So that was really kind of the rebirth of Lustra, even though, you know, Lustra had been around for a couple of years before that. So you keep saying this bad client pushed you to really just do Lustra and do pursue that full time. And you don't have to spill the tea on everything. But <laughs> what what do you mean by that? Like what happened that you were like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this, do less full time. Yeah. So really like marketing and branding is everything. And so I was marketing and branding for this um, restaurant slash nightclub. And the no one liked it. No one was going. And so they put all this pressure on me like, well, you're not doing enough PR. You're not doing enough marketing. You're not doing this. And so they like double down my retainer. Basically looking back, I'm like, you guys are a dying company and you double down my retainer to make me work really hard because you were failing. And, um, they, you know, they left me hanging with a couple months retainer. And, um, it was like, Whoa, I work so hard for this company to do all of their stuff, but really their products, their product wasn't great their atmosphere wasn't great. And no matter how much I marketed, it wasn't going to go anywhere. So it just really made me realize like, you know, my superpower is marketing and branding, and I'm not going to be focused on any products or brands that just aren't hundred percent that I don't want to get behind. So I was like, I have this idea with Lustra. If I are to 100% go with it, I'm going to do it. So that's kind of what pushed me over. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. And, you know, I think you're right when we're service-based businesses and we serve clients and we do like you were doing done for you services. And the one thing that I've learned in the last couple of years is that my client's success is actually not a hundred percent directly a result of me, if that makes any sense. So It's a hundred percent the business owner's responsibility and obligation to have a good brand voice, brand vision, purpose, product, service. Like you were saying, like you can't dress up, you know, McDonald's and make it look (laughs) like three forks steakhouse, you know, you just can't do that. And so when you're working with a rough product or Um, but yeah, it's, it's their job. It's not your, you are there to execute and advise, right. And, and do really do the work for them, but you are not the solution to their problem. The problem was internal. Thus why, you know, happened what happened. Um, so that's crazy. Uh, I didn't know that about you, but, um, so we're going to get into a lot of things in this episode. Um, you know, I want to talk about like, you have scaled so quickly in two years. Um, you are like a 
millennial entrepreneur, you and I are both very young, you know, and, and what does that look like? You've hired a team of people. Um, you know, you've gone through a lot of ups and downs in that process. And so we're going to get into a lot of good stuff. Um, but I want to start with what's been the biggest lesson in humility. And what I mean is I think everybody goes through this and this is something I've been hearing from clients or friends on Instagram or whatever, or now in clubhouse. If you're on clubhouse, it's crazy. Um, I spent uh-huh. way I out of it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're going to talk after this and I'm going to tell you about clubhouse. Um, but you know, what I've been hearing is we, and I don't really know where this comes from. And I, I wonder if it comes from a, a culture of like, I'm a woman, hear me where I can do anything, which absolutely. But also like, you are not the first person to do X, Y, Z. We're not the biggest, the baddest, the whatever. There's always someone else who has done it before us or longer than us, or there are honest, there are people out there that are better at me, better than me at, than what I, with what I do. I didn't say that well, but you know what I mean? So what's like a lesson you've learned in the last few years of that really like humbled you? Oh my God. So many. Um, I think for me, like through quarantine, you know, there's a million, a million, a million, especially like balloon insulation companies that have popped up through quarantine because it's very low cost to entry. And it just takes, you know, a couple YouTube videos, a couple trials, a couple free events that you want to give away. So for me, I think really focusing, you know, you're not going to be the best out there. There's always going to be someone that new pops up, you know, there's always going to be a million competitors. And I think for me, what I realized, um, it's getting the right people behind you, focusing on you and not paying attention to the clutter or the competition. Um, one of my girlfriends sent me this quote the other day and it was like, because I was kind of telling her, um, oh my God, there's a million companies that popped up that do what I do. And she was sent me this thing. And it was like, there's, a hundred bread companies in the aisle. And you think that they're worried about not getting picked. Like there's enough room for everybody. Um, so I think I just learned to kind of focus on where you want to go and not really care or focus on your competition or other like-minded individuals that kind of start similar companies to what you do. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the bread example is one I've heard many times, you know, just like, Gosh, soda companies, like, you know, are you a Coke person? Are you a diet Dr. Pepper? It's all the same. It's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. It doesn't matter. Um, and you know, I had a client tell me one time they were like, they sent me something. They were like, well, like so-and-so is already doing it. And I looked at the business. They had been in business for 12 plus years. They were already like multimillionaires, probably billionaires at this point. I don't know. Um, they had been in the game so much longer. Also the target audience for that business was the exact opposite of what her target audience is. And I was like, I, you know, I tried to probe her with some questions and I was like, what are you asking? What are you trying to say? What's bothering you about this? And she finally was like, well, I don't want to do it. If someone else has already done it, they're going to take all, all the people. And I'm like, 
if that is your reason, you might as well close up shop right now that like, for me, I am not the only person who has started a female founded women-based community. I'm not the only person with a podcast. Everybody got a podcast now. I'm not the only business coach out there. Like, yes, there are people that do what I do, but how much more powerful would it be if we collaborated together or we're friends with the people in our industry or in our same like pocket of the world and two, who cares, you know? And so I love that that's something that you, um, learned. Cause you're right. You're like, wait a minute. I was here first, you know, and like, you've been doing this for a while. And then all of a sudden, like, um, but I mean, no one can take away your specific, you know, shine your heart, your personality. So that's, that's, and awesome. I love the quote that you are you, and that is your superpower. And I really hone in on that when I get really like, oh my God, what's so different about Westra now that everyone is doing it. And, um, I'm like, okay, well, no one is me. No one started, no one started Lestra besides me. And, you know, whatever employee that I have, or, you know, if someone quits or if I have to fire somebody and let them go, like, it's not them, it's me. And I think for me starting Lesher from the ground up, like I get really close with my employees. And so it's really, really tough when I have these realizations of like, okay, you have to separate yourself from your employees too. Like they're not, uh, yeah, they're not your friends. They're not your co-founders. You have to set very clear expectations. And obviously employees drive the whole entire company. So you have to realize that it's not about you. It's about your team, but also just realizing you know, at a young age to the difference between owning a company and setting expectations and being the leader of the company, um, you know, versus the employee mindset. I think that was tough for me to learn last year. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to learn too, especially with how fast you have grown. Um, and I think this is, (laughs) this episode is probably going to be titled something like the, um, the things like no one will tell you in growing and <laughs> scaling a business or like whatever, um, the untold secrets. Um, but it is, this is just the real stuff, right? Like, and I, I was talking to someone, I don't know when this was, but, um, probably on clubhouse, I promise we'll talk about it. But, um, <laughs> I was saying, you know, we get over, you know, as our business is growing and we're like, wow, I need help. I, I should hire someone. Yeah. But are you ready to be a boss? Are you ready to be a leader? Have you looked at your past of like, who has been your boss? What bosses have you had? Who's been in leadership positions in your life? Look at the good, bad, the ugly. What do you want to do? What do you not want to do? Like they did. Um, what can you adopt? What can you take that? You're like, I'm never doing that. Are you ready for that? You know? And I think as we have like really great, ideas and branded businesses and also like, you know, magnetic, um, visions, the scaling comes and then we're like, Oh shit, what I gotta like figure this out, you know? Um, so, you know, I'd love to talk about what are some of those things that you felt and went through, especially this last year, if, you know, if that's most applicable with scaling so quickly and then hitting, you know, March, 2020 and COVID and things like that. Yeah. Well, scaling is an entire beast and I'm so independent. And so like, no, you can't tell me how to run my business. You can't tell me what to do that. 
I really tried to do it on my own. And looking back, I wish I would have taken more advice or like slowed down and really, you know, pick people's brains who've done it. But it's tough when, you know, no one is in your company, no one's your company, no one can tell you how to run your business. So I really like intuitively tried to make decisions like meditate and manifest and like really use my feminine energy to make decisions. And I think there's like a very, there's a balance. There's always the balance when it comes to everything. Um, but the foundation is going to be the, like your playbook, your rule book. So like handing over anything to someone else, whether it be an employee or anything like a, B, C, D, E, F, G, like there can't be any questions of what's expected from them, how to do their job, how to do operations. And I think for me, I tried scaling so fast and was like, okay, we're going to figure it out together. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can't build a company on a weak foundation. And, um, you know, I had, I did make a couple wrong hiring decisions too fast, not the right people. And it really does become like a cancer and um, you kind of have to just like work your way back. And, you know, I've made tons of, tons of horrible decisions, but like, you know, I try not to harp on them and like focus on them because I'm like, Hey, what did I learn from these hiring mistakes? Okay. I'm not going to make these again. What did I learned from trying to grow too fast. Okay. You can't skip a through Z just because you're impatient. Like it takes time. And like, for me, I kept looking at these entrepreneurs that were super, super successful. And I was like, okay, they had a team that helped them. Like, okay, I need a team. I need this person, this person, this person. And it's like, okay, I did it all at once. And I was like, okay, done, let's go. And um, I was like, I'm ready to scale. And it was like, you really have to take steps one, two, three before you can go to step 10. And I would say, before you even think about starting to scale, that's, I'm kind of going back and doing this is setting the foundation and really writing the playbook. Um, it's not fun. I'm not an operations person. So I'm like, Hey, you have to just write everything down. So there, there's nothing that can be missed. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little similar to you in that Uh, that doesn't sound fun to me. (laughs) Um, but I know if I don't do that, it's going to save me a lot of stuff in the long run. And, um, I was actually just interviewing someone yesterday that we are looking to bring on board. And I told her, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, I hire for the long term. I'm not telling you because she's a contractor. So I was like, I'm not telling you, you have to sign a six month contract or a one year contract or something, but I hire for long-term. So you need to tell me right now and be a hundred percent honest with me. And I'm not going to be upset and we'll just move on with our lives. (laughs) Tell me now, do you really see yourself working with this company, growing with this company and really, you know, bought into the vision of what we're doing? and the purpose and the people that we're serving, because if not, that's okay. This is not for you because I have made a bad hire before. Um, and thankfully I learned quickly and I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. Um, but it sucks, but at least we can tell other people that are listening to this show, like, Hey, I skipped some steps or I did this and like, you know, it didn't work out. And here's like what, you know, what we can do. Um, but so, kind of switching, switching gears, you know, you 
the one thing, you know, with COVID and all these things that you've learned, um, in, in 2020, you started out on Etsy and then you had those products and then you moved into balloon and installations, and then you really built out your e-commerce store and things like that. Um, how did you decide or what, you know, did you have someone guiding you or just had this idea to really build out the multiple streams of revenue in your business? Was that, you know, I think we've all probably heard that, like, if you want to build a multi six figure or seven figure business, you have to have multiple streams of revenue. Um, so what, what kind of came about from that? Yeah. So let's try, like, I never intended Lestra to be a service, which now it's completely known for its service. Um, but I wanted to create a party brand, creating party products, just making life moments super fun and Instagrammable. And um, I started with the products. And so I started with the products and the products stopped because, well, one, I was doing Stay Social Dallas at the same time. And so I wasn't giving it 100%. And um, when the balloon installation started, I mean, my whole entire time was focused on that because that's what people were wanting. People were wanting these balloon installations. So I really then switched from product to service and was like, all right, we're going to do balloon installations. This is what people want. And this is what we're going to do. So when quarantine hit, I didn't even realize like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do what we've been doing. But I was like, thank you because I never intended Lushra to be a service. So although that's our identity and I'm so thankful that we're able to be part of events with our balloons, I was like, okay, now we're going to focus back on the online store, back onto our products. Like I've always wanted to, but like events are obviously so tight. Like you, I mean, you know, you host events and it's like, it takes a village. It takes your time. It's Mm -hmm. so different working a service versus, you know, marketing a product or mm-hmm. marketing anything else other than the service. So I really used it as an opportunity to pause on events and focus back onto our online store. And it like times, it was like a 900% increase on our online store. Um, and then I was like, okay, this is great. This is how we're gonna do it. And then once that started being successful, that's when I made the wrong decision of saying, all right, this proved we're scaling. We're going to announce that, you know, we want to go into other cities. And from there on, once in my mind, I was like, we're going to go into other cities. That's when I put on all this added pressure of trying to duplicate our service so we can, and you know, open retail. I was trying to open a retail store last year, which, you know, there's another learned failure, which... I wouldn't consider it a failure because I'm not giving up on retail, but it was just horrible timing, poor planning, poor budgeting. Um, so I, I literally, once, you know, we kind of hit that success with their online store, I was like, great, now I can do everything I've ever wanted to do. We're going to do it all in the next month. And I thought that by hiring out people, it would help me get there quicker. But then I hired people that didn't know what to do. And then I couldn't spend time training and, um, it was kind of a down, downhill spiral from there with, you know, doing way too much at time and not properly road mapping of, okay, step one, step two. Okay. When we hit step two, then we'll t- open step four's box. And it's like, when you have all these ideas, 
you have to like put them in boxes and you have to save them for when you're ready instead of saying like, oh, now's my opportunity. I'm going to open all my box of ideas now and we're going to do them all at the same time. It's like going back to trying to have two companies at the same time. Like it's not going to happen. Just like all of my five projects at the same time. I'm like, that's not happening. And it didn't. Right. So, um, I mean, it was a lot. I probably learned like five years worth of business lessons within six months. <laughs> um, so I'm trying, I mean, like I have just been like reanalyzing, like, what are we going to do this year? Like, what are like the proper steps? What are proper training, um, really like the right steps to take to make sure that we're going to create success and not, you know, start on a foot that's like unrealistic expectations for unrealistic timelines of things. Right. You know, I think that happens to more people than not. Like, why do you think that happens? Like we get so excited and we want to go fast and we want to, we want to do it now and we want to open the box of all of the ideas and do them right now. You know, why do you think we do that? Do you, have you thought about that? I think it's because like, I thought if I just didn't do it, I was either going to one, forget about it because that's happened when you sit on an idea for too long, you're like, eh, it's done with, I'm not going to open that box again. And then also when you start a company from a ground up, you don't have a lot of resources. So for me, like I finally had resources available and I was like, almost like, oh my gosh, now we have to do all yeah, these things. Now I can afford this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just proper budgeting is huge. And when you're, you know, starting a company from the ground up, you really just have to teach yourself all those lessons. Um, like I don't have, um, someone, I don't have like a business partner and I know sometimes there's so many ways of scaling a company and I, you know, I'm looking into different things to kind of help different resources, but you really figure it out on your own and you figure out what works for you and what doesn't, but you have to fail a couple of times before you really realize, you know, I wish I would have gotten it right on the first time. Like I would love to be going into Scottsdale this year, opening up a retail store, but we've got to focus on Dallas first and I've got to write the playbook before I can open it up to any other places. Yeah. Well, and I just want to like pause and say like, I'm super proud of you for sharing because this is not easy stuff that we can just openly share and publicly talk about to say, hi, my name's Jill and I failed <laughs> or hi, my name is Amanda and I made a mistake, you know? Um, so kind of freeing in a way, because when, when you have a team, you have to put on this sense of confidence in the sense of like, I know what I'm doing. And like, you will listen to me and you will do as like, the plans that I set forth and like, yeah, we're going to do it together, but it's really hard in your mind. You're like, Oh my God, is this working? Did I make a wrong decision? But like, how, how do you portray to your team and how do you, you know, confront these things? Um, it is really, really tough, especially when I'm like the same age as the people that I hired. Right. Um, so there's like a whole nother thing of like, I always, you know, you know, Marcy Hubbard from bright beauty. Right. I adore her and I love her and she just has so much wisdom. And I always tell her like, I'm like the same age as these people. And it's really hard for me to, you know, put a sense of I'm the boss front on because I'm just fun and I'm not like the type of person that's going to be like, listen up, you listen, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm I get just it. crazy going. And so I have to learn how to have, you know, play both hats of like, 
you know, we have a really fun company, but here's my expectations. And next, next hire that I do, like it will be very different than, you know, my previous people that have been on the team. So. Yeah. You made a really good point. This is kind of goes right into my last question, which is, you know, especially in the beginning, we are very much by ourselves. We are very much like, I'm just going to figure this out or asking friends like Marcy or, you know, and, but like you said, like there's a boundary between the people that you have working for you. You can't go ask them that would like kind of be an unprofessional thing to do. Um, and so you're in this perpetual state of like asking friends and Googling and then reading everybody's social media posts and watching all these experts and listening to these podcasts. And you're like, I feel stuck you know, so who else have you had on your journey so far to help support you? Whether it's like with business finance decisions, with, um, branding decisions, with like coming out with a new service or a new product, or just like you per like having someone help you develop your business and, and do it the right way. Yeah. And 2021, I am allowing myself to open myself up to more mentorship and advisors, um, because I'm super independent and when you have a company that's different and when you have something that like, okay, no one out there has kind of done this. I'm like, I don't want to listen to a guy. I don't want to listen to someone that, you know, has a different way of leading a team. But for me, like, I still have to listen to people that have been there and done that. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm definitely opening myself up to. I recently have a financial advisor from the DEC. So the entrepreneurial so side. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes. And that's probably been my biggest weakness. Definitely. I like I am just branding, marketing, like numbers, numbers, but like you, <laughs> yeah. If you don't know your numbers, like that's something that I'm also learning is like, you have to know your numbers inside out because profitability is huge. You could make X amount of money, but if you're spending it, you have to turn it into a company. Like it can't just be like this creative thing that you do for fun. Um, so definitely numbers is my weakness. So having him help me like w- with these hiring decisions and just different things has been a huge blessing. Um, some other people, like, I just feel like people are so nice and I'm also not afraid to ask for help. I'm not always going to listen to what they have to say, which is what I'm working on. But I do ask people that have businesses and people are more willing than not so thrilled. Like, so my um, entrepreneurial, just my dream, my, my person that I would die to have her mentor me on a better basis is Jamie O'Banion. And I sent her a blind email and she, she called me and we talked for like an hour and I was like, that is the nicest thing. Like she runs a, I don't know if it's million or billion dollar beauty industry company. And she is, she picks up the phone and talks to me for an hour just about different things like scaling and different things. And um, I was like, you know what? All it takes is an email. If you look up to someone and you want to ask oh, yeah. for more time than not, they will be like flattered. That The you- only thing that can happen is they will not answer. Yeah. And when you're, it's like no harm, no foul. You, you yeah. have nothing to lose. So yeah, just kind of putting myself out there for more mentorships for sure is what I'm looking for for 2021. That's awesome. I love it. I mean, obviously I'm a huge proponent of that and doing that myself, but, um, that's, that's so good. Well, I want to say thank you again for 
sharing part of your story here today. Um, so what's coming up for you? Like what's one piece of your vision that you want to share with everybody that you want to really put out there and, and achieve in 2021? Yes. So our DIY kits, which are at-home kits that really just blew up through quarantine um, because no one could host events. So they were throwing parties and birthday celebrations at home. So we created our DIY kits for our balloon garlands. And I am working on, you know, getting the packaging better, going wholesale with that line and really pitching it to places like dream manifestation is target.com and really trying to become a brand through our party products and obviously our events and our installations really market for that because our installations obviously are just more like a luxury product because not everyone can afford thousand dollar balloon installation at their event but hey our kit is 45 dollars do it yourself. I promise you it's going to look great. And, you know, we've gotten a lot of great feedback from it. So um, that's something that I really, really want to focus on. Um, And also a retail store is getting our balloon bar up. We're getting um, some technology built for balloon deliveries, but you know, I can't open too many boxes at once. So we have a lot of things going on. I'm just trying to figure out the roadmap of like, what's the next step. And how how fast how soon like setting realistic deadlines instead of just saying like it's all happening next month um I know, but yeah I'm like that too <laughs> and then I'm like wait nothing happened <laughs> yeah realistic expectations it's tough right. when you have big goals and dreams and you just want to get right. it all done it's I'm, I'm not patient but I know great things take time so they do they do I mean they take time but also it doesn't have to take forever. Like, I think that's really, I keep thinking about that. I had Jordan Lee Dooley on the podcast, um, a few, several months ago. And that's one thing that has stuck with me since we had her on is she was like, yeah, it took me about, you know, six years, you know, to be where I am now, but like, it didn't take me 60 years, you know, it doesn't have to be forever, but we do also have to make those step-by-step choices. Um, you know, so, so, so good. Um, of course, how can we connect with you online? Um, do you have anything you want to share with them? Last kind of words before we wrap. Yeah, I do want to say, I feel like quarantine for me really helped me find balance. And as an entrepreneur in your first couple of years, like your whole entire mindset and your whole entire life is your business. And you focus everything, every waking moment on your business. And I have talked with people that have very successful businesses and they all said, don't wait until you've quote made it to feel successful and to enjoy your life. Because when you've hit quote made it, you're going to look back on all the years that you just were grinding. And if you missed out on friends and family and life, like don't, don't put your head down until you've hit the made it button because there is no made it button. There's always going to oh. be a next step So to enjoy your life. And I know that quarantine for me really allowed me to slow down and start focusing on, okay, who is Jill outside of Lustra and what is going to make me happy outside of my business success? So that's really, that's so good. And success can be defined differently for everybody. Like if you want to make $80,000 a year, that is amazing. If you want to hit a million dollars in sales, that is amazing. If you want to be featured and get on Oprah, go, you know, that's awesome. It doesn't matter. It's 
it's what are you going to be happy with, you know? So that's amazing. So how can we stay connected with you and let's try and all the things. Yeah. So follow us on Instagram. We do it for the gram. It's at Lushra, L-U-S-H-R-A. And our hashtag is party with Lushra. And stay tuned for updates. Um, We will not say any dates on retail, but I promise you it's going to be in 2021. And um, yeah, stay up to date on Instagram. That's how we definitely keep, keep things up to date. I love it. Well, Jill, thank you so much for being on the girl gang podcast. You guys go connect with her. Um, if you loved this episode, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, tag us on Instagram. If you're listening today at Dallas girl gang at Lushra at Amanda's in Dallas, whatever you want to tag and rate and subscribe, share it with a friend and we'll see you guys next time. Hey, thanks for having me.